0: Hello, page. Oh, well shit, this is the normal shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anything goes here. Yeah. Uh... Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 87 of Push to Plat. It is good to be back and running regular with you. There are so many wonderful things coming out at the moment. Perhaps you're dabbling in Hitman 3. Perhaps even the medium, which has just dropped, I believe, a few days before. There is plenty of of wonderful gaming to be had now today we are going to be talking to an entrapped guest he doesn't actually realize this is a playstation leaning podcast but by the time he does it's going to be too late to escape it is of course a fellow australian a high-ranked xbox player a half a million or change gamer score even more on the true achievements as we've already discovered in our pre-show episode i'm talking here of the wonderful cameron shadowless edge he's a host of the Real Gamer Score podcast. He is a Hall of Famer on the Game Pass end. And I know you're thinking, well, What is that, CJ? Is that just like playing a little bit of everything for two seconds? Is that all that is? But look, I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it, so we are going to find out about that today. That, of course, makes him a valid member of the Xbox community, something we don't know too much about here on the Sony side. I can't wait to get into all this today, but could you please welcome, and can I welcome as well, Cameron to the show? How are you today, sir? Yeah, good, yourself? Yeah, look, I can't, I can't complain. Sometimes I trip over the opening, but you know, it's fairly loose today. I can live with that. I'm good. Good. So, look, I've got to ask, before we we start off here, do you play any PlayStation at all?
1: Uh, Look, I used to. I did, for a brief moment of time, have a PS4, only to dive into um, Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Age. Ah, uh, I did have one I did have a PS2 um so it was pretty much just reliving that kind of stuff uh I held on to it for probably a year but then just there wasn't really anything interesting
0: me per se yeah no I, I like that I like that well look why don't we why don't we start at the beginning if you like and can I ask if if you're happy to share what's the what's the deal with this name shadowless edge what's the the history behind it? pretty much um i did have
1: i did have a few tags before the start of the xbox 1 generation which was pretty much the end of 2013 uh i believe before that i went under uh voxel destiny which i decided to change uh because destiny was coming up as a game and it was just like yeah can't feel like i've just copied a triple a title <laughs> essentially i just went with shadowless just because it was just like oh yeah that's interesting Um, but back with the old gamer tags, it was like, if somebody else had it, you, you couldn't claim it. Whereas now it's like, you can pretty much claim anything and it will have like a number sequence after to distinguish you from another person. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's the same kind of system on PlayStation as well, but that's how, uh, the Microsoft side of things runs. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but I believe the reason I added edge to it was, I thought it was a very clever moniker to all those gamer tags that have like xxx, um, whatever xxx sixty nine. You know, <laughs> yes. it's like, all right, cool. Let's let's just like you know, I'm not gonna put shadowless edgy on there, but let's just have something like that just to play on it. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever told anybody that because it's just. It was just such a stupid thought at the time. But I believe that's where it comes from. Otherwise, it would just be Shadowless. And I've debated going back to just one word, but. I mean, like, the name's pretty much my identity on the console at this point. So I've left it for the last seven years
0: yeah that's a that's a good point actually because you you addressed playstation just briefly there and of course changing your name has only come about with with sony in the last year or so a year and a half that that wasn't an option for us before i know it's been an option for for some time on the xbox and one of the things that that uh, you know a lot of people i think they thought about as they changed their name and perhaps afterwards after they had it is that your your whole gaming persona uh, particularly if you're a high level achievement or trophy hunter is tied up in that particular name so by Changing the name, it does sort of it changes, I suppose, a little bit. You know, people know you in the community. You're boosting, you know, avenues, all these sort of things with you know the general population. So there's more to it than that. What I want to, what I'm leading at here is, is, is it that common then to change your name on Xbox? I know it's super simple, but do you think these you just stick with it? Is that that's what it seems to me? I, I, yeah, I think it's usually, um, if you're a more casual gamer, like
1: I. Fully expect most of the casual gamers that I've dealt with uh would happily change their gamer tag to anything they feel the need to um
0: you're more prominent members we, we though... call those randoms but yes carry yeah on. randoms <laughs>
1: <laughs> noobs just the strangers in the oh, lobby easy, easy. Um, <laughs> but um i like when I, I use this word freely but like the more prominent members in the community um whether it be playstation or um xbox i feel like the ones that have more of a um you know a few platinums under their belt or a fair bit of gamerscore under their belt there's just no need to swap off it or if there is a need then it's uh because they're forcibly being done so because they've broken some form of terms of service mm.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> for some reason or another yeah that's an avenue <laughs> we know we know well on this side this side too yeah it, it's a it's a funny thing now i want to i suppose i want to go before we get into the games and stuff so you know you played a little bit of uh, you know playstation early on or whatever but you, you've obviously gravitated to the xbox that is your your main system now yeah or whatever else so so what drew you there in the first place was there a particular game or what was it about it
1: so, pretty much in terms of my lifeline of consoles, I think I started with a Nintendo 64, uh, worked my way up to a GameCube, got PlayStation 2, uh, and then after that, I, I want to say I was playing PS2 for quite a number of years before meeting my uh, friends uh, after I moved from one college to another, and they basically all convinced me to get into uh, to Black Ops, and I'd never played a Call of Duty before. And I was just like, all right, cool. Um, my mate showed me the Zombies game type on Black Ops 1. And I was immediately hooked. Went out, got a 360 with my first job. Um, got a few games. The Black Ops was probably the main one. And, like, even back then, achievements didn't really just pop up for me. It was just, like, gaming with mates for the sake of gaming of mates. And, you know, what's the highest round we can get to in Zombies and... Like, what other games we could play at the time. But I don't think... I actually started, like, Achievement Hunting until the Xbox One on release and going, well, I want to... I want to... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I Like, I want to create some kind of identity. Like, um, that's when there was people around that time, like, Stallion, I think, in 2014, hit his first million, which Stallion used to be the number one for gamer score just to uh, mm. fill anybody in that isn't aware but pretty much prior to Xbox one and 360 all I did was just play call of duty and even then that was just doing like regional tournaments and stuff like that so achievements are quite new to me uh, pretty much the Xbox one generation onwards uh, prominently I've you know just admired retro gaming for the most part
0: Okay, I can understand. Look, I've got to ask. Therefore, now, what what type of achievement hunter are you? Would you classify yourself as a completionist, or you're a dirty <laughs> whore, for the biggest game of school? Like, what what are you?
1: Um, I I am. I feel like I'm just that odd bull out that doesn't really fit into any camp. So just p- tries mm, to pretend that he's an mm, all a of very them. safe answer. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, other than completion percentage, because nobody would <laughs> happily accept that for me. Um, it's it's funny because I I don't view myself as a traditional achievement hunter, but I view achievements as an extension on gaming. Mm. Same as uh, trophies. Like I find them as a way to. If a list is done right whether it be uh whether it be like whatever system it allows the developer to get the most out of the game like to get the most rounded experience if that makes sense
0: yeah, that that's definitely the the proper answer. But then now, if if I <laughs> if I pronounce this wrong, please please forgive me here because you know I just I almost blew my orgasmic load when I realised this sort of thing was going on on the <laughs> Xbox. Of course, I'm talking of Zidalon here. That you know, a thousand gamers got that seems like a fair deal to me. But no, you know, three thousand is where we're at these days. So you know, respecting the game, respecting the developer, it's about the game. These people put a lot of work in. You should finish it. How many? of these games do you play though uh
1: i'd like i'll be honest um pretty much me and a mate went with our game sharing capabilities we'll go halves yeah um so i like i will go for the points but at the end of the day too i'm not going to just blindly hunt for gamer score all the time the only reason i really jumped on this was because Uh, a lot of the lists were being reverted back because they broke Microsoft's Terms of Service. Because the problem with Zitalon Games is um, they had a list where, like, I'll just use uh, Silence, for example. It was one of the harder completions. Uh, I believe it was like in the three to four hour completion mark. Um, Like, you know, quite a few more challenging achievements. They got the idea that, all right, how can we, you know, sorry, they didn't get the idea. A certain content creator gave them the
0: idea. <laughs> I love how you tiptoe around <laughs> this gentleman's name on your podcast. I mean, oh, everybody no, no, no. in your we, community knows who it is. We
1: we we tiptoed <laughs> and then we we called him out for what he did. Um, sorry, if if I'm if I'm allowed to do that, I'll do that here. Of one course, a, we're
0: talking about chivo guides yeah, here. One of course. chivo
1: yeah. guides decided that hey, it might be a good idea to get the the ears of these developers and just tell them maybe they're not doing marketing right maybe they need to make their lists so incredibly easy i could put my controller in front of my one-year-old daughter and easily have this gamer score after a five-minute session um the problem with this is i i have sorry i have no problem with easy games there is no issue with easy games because uh unlike some other um unlike some other gamers like I can appreciate the fact that somebody can play a Red as uh, Somebody, sorry, can develop a Red Alarka game. And I can still have a, you know, somewhat of a fun time, even though it doesn't require the, you know, the effort of a AAA studio, for example. Hmm. Um, some games, though, just remind me of, like, the old Flash games I played on PC, and that's, that's fine. It's still a five, ten minute escape, and I can still enjoy it. The problem I have with it is... If you are communicating with a developer to change their list after they already have an established list, and pretty much in turn mm-hmm. pissing off a lot of the community that has already completed that list, that's where it's like, hey, there was a line, if you're quite clearly just jumped over and pissed on it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing because like I only started. Well, you know, i dabbled in Xbox for a while, but I only really started playing maybe two or three months ago. So, you know, I wasn't familiar with this company because up until last week, they hadn't ported anything to the PlayStation that I'm aware of. I think the Aboriginous, I think that's theirs, uh, that that arrived on us, you know, last week or whatever, but only one Platinum. I'm hoping there'll be three Platinums in that one game (laughs) in the next week or so, but only one at this stage or whatever. Fantastic game too, if you haven't played it, all 15 minutes of it. And uh, (laughs) But one of the things that shocked me the most, is obviously we're very used to Rattle Ica, and on the PlayStation side we're very used to regional stacks. You know, so you can be playing this game, you know, with the Vita, you know, potentially eight times or even more. But of course you're buying each individual version of this game and The other thing with the Rattleriker is that, as you said, they are porting it. There was original developer or whatever else. So, so that's that. That's one thing. You know, you you like it or you don't. It doesn't matter. It exists. But on the Xbox side, as you say, because I don't think PlayStation gamers really realize this, and I wonder if we're going to get this. I know many will be keen if we do. They're adding more gamer score without adding any more game, and they're not charging you any more for it either. So you just you know play the game, and and it's some. I mean, a couple of them. uh, You just play a little bit more of the game. Game. some of them you play one level or something as you say it's not a lot and it's such a weird concept uh, you know there's a lot of problems in the you know you listen to the right trophy hunter whinge there's a lot of problems on our side but but there's nothing to this level yet and uh, you know the chivo guides whatever you think he's very upfront about it what they're doing but it, you know and, and i'm sure it is pissing a lot of people off as you say but it must be working or they wouldn't be continuing to do it so it's an interesting thing I dare say that we'll be making a somewhat of a profit from the achievement hunting community, hmm.
1: but then at the same time it is devaluing those, you know, those hunters that have played the games. Um, like it's just like fair fe- theoretical situation. If I put 200 hours into a um, into a completion and then had somebody had a uh, publisher go to a developer. Change this list to be a sub one hour completion, hmm. uh, even though the true achievement difference might have been 10,000 on that game, it's going to drop like nothing. Uh, we've had examples of this in the past for games that have had console commands like uh, Pathologic 2, I want to say dropped from like 8,000 TA difference to uh, I want to say it would be somewhere around the 1500 mark, if not less now. One, yeah, 1,400 roughly. So, I real really sorry for those gamers that are putting in these massive lengths of times to hunt down like true achievement difference, and then, especially for competitions during the year that run on true achievements, mm-hmm. and then just getting this massive, uh, massive negative to them out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Oh no. Look. Yeah. I. I totally. I'm not. I'm not. Definitely not advocating the practice. I was just shocked. I suppose that, it, that something like this would go on. And I mean, you know, this is old school news, obviously, to many Xbox gamers. But you mentioned Pathologic too. I. I did this. Console commands are very thin on the ground on the PlayStation side. And you know, already in the last month, I've, I've noticed so many games that you know you can run You can run a script on your PC. It's it's fantastic. PlayStation gamers. All these things that alleviate you actually having to play the game, which is wonderful. Obviously, obviously, the point of it. We we don't <laughs> come in and play games. What are you What are you talking about? It's just it's just interesting. I don't know. I, I find it I find it interesting. Now, look, let's shift gears a little bit. I you you are on the Real Gamer Score podcast, and when I came across to the to the Xbox, like I didn't, you know, I hadn't listened to any any um any podcasts, I didn't know of any. And a friend, and I believe he may be a patron a patron of yours as well, uh, Dat One Seagull, he'd been shifting across yep. to the Xbox for for a year or so, and he said, "You don't know these people. They're Australian. They're fantastic. They're funny, and they'll tell you everything you need to know about it." And I started listening midway through last year, I think, and it's true. I mean, it's fantastic. Your your depth of knowledge uh, between yourself, Neo Master, Urban uh, Spaceman. Correct me if I say any of these wrong uh yourself at kirby as well i think they're the regular four if that's correct uh
1: yeah so i think between us there's pretty much six for the most part now me and neo are the main ones but um we try and get guests on um as much as we can sometimes it just runs as me and neo though that's fine but um i wouldn't say we're funny
0: Well, no you know, more like it's, it, but... <laughs> it's relative, isn't it? It's relative. But wh- one of the things you do have is you have a good you go, good com- camaraderie with each other. Hmm. I'm always interested in this sort of thing. Did you, uh, I mean, are you long-term friends or did you just meet online playing? So pretty much with the history of the Real Game Score podcast, um,
1: Terrigan, who is uh, ZZ, ZZ Urban Space Man, hmm. um, he started it with Professor Pluto, which is Alex, and uh, Chin Doctor, which is Kirby. And they, um, Tarragon came from a podcast called Z to Z, which I'm not 100% familiar with. Uh, but they started doing a podcast, and I at the time was running a Xbox Achievement Community Facebook group. Um, so that's how I met Alex, and then pretty much just from a few guest exp- uh, appearances on the show, that's how I became a regular. But um, pretty much all of us. Uh, before the podcast um, the most interaction we would had with each other was true achievements Mm. or just the odd uh, posts on a facebook group Um, pretty much from that though like discord has been a massive thing for so many uh, podcast uh, achievement communities and uh, trophy communities pretty much to grow Mm. but i feel like the last uh, few years it's just really taken off and that's where we've got most of our, uh, I guess, mateship from.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. And it, as I said, it's a very, if you're not familiar with it, uh, listeners, it's a very pure Xbox podcast. But, I mean, a lot of the games are crossovers anyway between the two systems. So there's, there's a lot of relevance uh, from week to week. And, I mean, you're not only playing the new stuff either. You're, you've always, you know, got stuff in, in circulation. When you started this, I see it was only a few years ago, as you said, you're, you're a somewhat achievement hunter or whatever, dabbling there in your spare time by the sound of it. Uh, you must have been intimidated by these guys with 1.5 million. Is that correct? gamer
1: score yeah so uh matt being the mammoth of a gamer score being number one in new zealand um yeah it's crazy (laughs) but i feel like um the the identity of our podcast as well like we have a bit of every gamer in our lineup Hmm. like uh cc urban spaceman for example is absolutely amazing with stats and even has a creation in our discord called the random to-do list which essentially is a pulled list of 25 achievements out of your um gaming history of uh locked achievements just to give you an idea of you can run it as a competition you can run it as a bit of a hey this is a you know an idea of what you can play this month um near master just being the absolute madman he is with the massive gamer score, me being more of the I want to sample everything, um, and be more of a family
0: oriented gamer. Like it's crazy. <laughs> It, it is crazy and it was it was even more surprising to me that he was from new zealand because i didn't look I, to be honest i didn't even realize they had any entertainment outside of the sheep there so i found that amazing <laughs> and then to also see they had an xbox event there you know who would have thought they had electricity but it's just it's wonderful and then million so look that, that's a it's a terrifying prospect because the other reality is without all those stacks of course i think i was working it out loosely and that would be that would be well over 2 million in playstation points so quite quite sizable it's it's very it's very very impressive So look We've established Your credentials You you know games and, and everything else Where we're preambling Towards listeners Today is a talk About the Forza Series It's one of the Series that I mean it is the Series that I love On Xbox And I've never Had the opportunity To talk to somebody Who's 100 percented Basically all of The Forza Horizon Games and dabbled In the The mainstream Games as well So we will We will get to that But before we do I want to talk About this Hall of Fame uh, We had a, a a couple of months ago, we had Macaron. He was inducted because he's made some videos. You know, I t- I was told, but he, you know, he, he didn't he didn't put in the hours here that you've put in uh, over. Was a two week period? Was that correct? Uh, uh, three week period, but three... yeah, close. <laughs> so, how many games did you play in that period? Do you, or, or roughly? <laughs> All
1: right. So, how? I, like, just to give a like a brief, uh, I guess, idea of the whole thing. Hmm. So, at the start of the competition. Um, I was discussing in our staff Discord with uh, ZCO and SpaceMan about like what's what's the best way to go about this, and we found out there was a uh, list of every Game Pass game that had hit the service. So essentially, from that, we we found out that I had played just under 200 of the games that had been in Game Pass, um, and that they, in the definition of the go- definition of the game um, of the Sorry, competition said that any game that had been played in Game Pass prior to this would count as uh, part of the, uh, like, count as part of your tally, pretty Mm. much. So I started off just under 200. I can't remember what the exact number is, but it was pretty close. Over the three week period, I got to 597, I believe it was. (laughs) Um, so about a, just over 400 games in the space of three weeks.
0: Uh, Now, when when you say play them, this is one thing I wasn't sure about. Do you have to play them to get an achievement or is it just sort of loading them up and playing them for a few minutes? Like how did the the system work? (laughs) There was no clear definition
1: on it. Um, saying like you needed to pop one achievement or you needed to play this for like five, ten minutes. But my... My perception of it was I'm going to be safe, uh, rather safe than sorry. Mm. And I'm going to pop the first achievement that comes in, uh, uninstall, and then move on to the next game. So essentially, most of the time was installing games. I think over the space of it, I installed six terabytes of data.
0: Which is just crazy.
1: <laughs> because I grew up I grew up on a farm too where you're... Um, uh like even now my parents uh on a s- small farm in regional victoria they're capped at 50 gig for the yes. month yeah. and every time it's just an argument i just like i need the wi-fi password come on you can't <laughs> you can't hold me up but um and then i'm just telling them, just like yeah six terabyte in three weeks That sounds about that right that's just me <laughs> um oh,
0: Australian but yeah, internet. <laughs> my, yeah the don't, third world country internet Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm told slightly worse than Kazakhstan at the moment, like, you know, improving <laughs> improving every day. But th- that's that's phenomenal. So roughly, and I mean, you know, not, you know, how many sort of hours were you playing a day then? Because I know it sounds like, you know, listeners, you just whack in the game and you get an achievement within the first second or whatever, but that that's definitely not the case with a lot of games. So yeah, how, how much so time were you putting in? Over the... This, this
1: is a hard thing too, because mm. um, pretty much... Just to, give a, uh, just to give an understanding of the reasoning of why I did this too at the same time was uh, I was in a period where COVID had hit and I had not been able to see my daughter in like six months. I mm. needed a really big distraction to keep myself from getting down in the dumps. And this mm. was the perfect thing. So I believe daily I was probably spending at least four hours um, on a weeknight and then mm. probably eight hours on a weekend.
0: It's a big commitment or a big distraction. But then saying that
1: at the same time, like I am, I am one of those kind of gamers too, that if I, you know, to me, family is the, you know, the absolutely most important thing to me. But if I don't have my daughter around me at the time, like I will be just gaming. That's my, that's my second best hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Look, look. You know, that, that, you're not out of place here. I mean, this is a hardcore, okay, <laughs> niche <laughs> niche podcast. We got, you know, they, they fully understand or whatever. It. One of the things that interests me, though, when you play that many games in that shorter period of time, because a lot of people, and a lot of people that, you know, I talk to, whatever, they're like, oh, CJ, it's easy. You know, you play the game for five minutes and you move on or whatever. But people like Neo Master, I imagine, they don't understand that it's very easy to play one game through to completion. It's much harder to balance 400 games at once, Mm. I think. Now, would you agree with that? Is that a a fair statement? (laughs) Definitely, especially if you have games that a... Like,
1: there is, a, there is a large part of Game Pass where there aren't guides for. There is you going in with the blinders on, trying to figure out what's the quickest way to get this done so I can move on to the next title so I can secure my place. So there's a few of them, for example, where Momodori, uh I believe it's called Momodora, was one that is a platformer and one of the hardest games I've ever come across. Um, I tried for quite a while on that, I think like two hours to try and just get at least one thing popped at the end of the day I just had to move on Mm. and then some games you just need to go well you need to know where the limit is especially in a competition like that if you're trying to get a um a number on a leaderboard you want to do it in the most time effective way possible
0: yeah, of course, of, of course. So out of that sheer number of games you played, uh, are there many that you just didn't cover? Do, or do you know? Are there many that you just didn't get to? There was a few that pretty much,
1: they were more on the more uh, like expensive side of things. Mm. So to to pretty much win, I went back and I purchased um, like lowest to highest in order, and then I just had to cut it off after I'd spent a few hundred. Like, the thing is, I will play these games. It's just how much of them I actually play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'm going to pull you up here. I hope this doesn't embarrass you. Looking at your your purchases for the year, I'm sure it doesn't. It was more than a few hundred, wasn't it, that you spent? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Look, there's there's no there's no yes, shame ma. <laughs> There's no there's no shame here because once you take the value and like it, we'll talk briefly about the prizes as well, because they're substantial mm. prizes, aren't they? I mean a mm. console, um the hoodie, the the trophy. That's all correct, yeah?
1: Yeah, so pretty much the Xbox Hall of Fame winners got a hoodie, a trophy, twelve months of Game Pass Ultimate, which I think works out to be like a hundred 50 Australian or somewhere around that, and then an Xbox Series X.
0: Yeah. So by the time you're taking the scalpers fee in Australia here, because you can't get these things, it's probably about the, the, an even break for you in what you spent, would you say?
1: See, I See, I got lucky with it. Um, that first day of trying to pre-order, I managed to finally get one at 5 o'clock, and I got one at like on launch day, which was oh, really wow. weird. That's fantastic. Is everybody else having... Everybody else was having issues. I don't, just don't know if I just managed to lock out.
0: Mm, 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 mm.
1: Whereas then I feel like PlayStation 5, it was a different story.
0: Well, you know, they only made like two consoles, so it's it's been a challenge for everyone, I'm told. And one
1: uh, and two of them were digital, yeah, which nobody everyone.
0: <laughs> well, the, the wonderful <laughs> thing is they didn't even know what they made, apparently, because they were putting all different things Ugh. in the boxes. But you know that that's a story for for another day, I, I'm sure. But yeah, so you you spend all this money or whatever, you play all these games, and there's a ton of games there. Uh, now I don't know I don't know how well you can just throw stuff off because I know a lot of our listeners, perhaps myself, at times we sometimes feel the, the the noose around our necks with all these games that we perhaps want to go back and finish. Are you now in that position? Are there are there some of these five hundred ish games that you intend to go back or want to go back to? Or
1: yes, yeah, so I pretty much uh, over the last few days I've been making a list of what I want to work on over the year, and I pretty much honestly just posted it right before so. There's quite a few things that I've picked up on Game Pass that I want to go back to. Um, I made myself a blog post of seven different categories to play through 2021 and to, I guess, justify some areas of myself as a gamer. Like, I'm, in my community, least prominently known as the racer. Mm -hmm. Um, So going back and completing that Forza Horizon series, I've gone back today to pretty much go through most of one um, seeing that two, three, and four are done. But that's pretty much how my next year is going to be like, just completing as much of this as I have at the end of the day, if a game has a discontinued or something like that, to me, it's not the end of the world. I'm purely in it for the experience and I'm purely in it for that sense of community that I get from talking to other gamers and sharing these experiences I get from gaming. Yeah. But um, some, you know, I can fully appreciate the ones that are in there just to get the 100%, just to be on the top of the leaderboard. Um, but I just, I love the social aspect of gaming most of all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And look, I know I've taken a few pot shots at you, of course, feel free to return, feel free to return the favour. But one of the, the things I was most looking forward to speaking to you today is that, you know, and I, I don't just decide, having a look and doing a bit of backgrounding on you, our gaming seems very similar in the, in the way that we play. I mean, we played almost the same number of games this year uh, across our systems and with a, well, similar-ish completion rate, perhaps, <laughs> across them. So I had that, that feeling about you because, of course, a lot of gamers that, that come on, they are completionists by nature, so, you know, it is always a, a bit of give and take. But I, I like that angle of just playing the game, you know, for the game and, and what comes. Now, we'll get to the Forza in a little bit, but I saw on this list, which is a wonderful list, so you've put here Yakuza. Now, they have some big games. Is this, a, is this a serious commitment?
1: I I think as as I go down the list more, they become less serious. So this is why I put it, like, halfway in between i put it a number four out of the seven that i've done mm. just to um like i really want to get some done this year like yeah i love the look of like a dragon yes and i'm really interested to see it and then they threw the um announcement that we're getting all these remasters at us as well so i've kind of gone i want to play a little bit of each of these um pretty much when i'm gaming at my parents they're very much like why are you playing something like a a roguelite like why aren't you playing something like grand theft auto or a racing game um it's funny because they're not gamers themselves but they like to be quick to judge yeah of how i should be gaming but um (laughs) i feel like that one series is the kind of thing i can take out there and be like hey so this is probably the closest thing in game pass that i have to other than grand theft auto acting like grand theft auto Why don't we play a little bit of it just to show them around? I
0: I love that you have, you have someone over your shoulder there backseat gaming you. That's wonderful. I I have a similar thing. I always have that. Regardless,
1: regardless if it's my daughter, if it's my daughter, we have to do something bright and colorful. We have to do just dance. Uh, If it's Nikita, uh, who's my partner, I try and do something retro. Um, I try to get her in doing roguelites with me. And then she's just like, I hate this i absolutely hate this like oh so you're not a fan of like dying repeatedly over and over again to get a little bit of progress no, I hate this.
0: <laughs> well, I, I like that the backseat gaming is coming in in the form of game suggestions. See here, for myself, it's just simply my partner. And his his comments are always, how much did you spend this much, CJ? And what garbage did you buy? And you know, it's, it's a wonderful I, I, thing. <laughs> I think we're well past that road. She's just come pretty, pretty much
1: when we were going out to Maryborough today. It was just like, all right, I'm going to have a look at EB. And it's just like, yeah, cool.
0: I'm just coming for breakfast. That's fine. Yeah. I like that. I think that's important. It's very, very, I mean, that's a topic for another time too, but finding a gaming partner, it's it's a challenge, or at least one that will tolerate it, I think. Now, why don't we, before we get to the Horizon series, if this is okay with you, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've been playing recently. And can I throw the first one out, but then you throw out whatever you'd like after that? Yeah, go for it. I want to know about this Rise, Son of Rome.
1: Alright, so Rise, Son of Rome was one of the first launch titles on the Xbox One Generation back in, I believe it released in late 2013 alongside the others. Uh, the ones that come to mind having the unique uh, cover arts were Forza Motorsport 5, Dead Rising 3 and Rise, Sun of Rome. Mm. And uh, just a few others like Just Dance and NBA, like FIFA, your typical uh, yearly launches, for example. Uh, Rise Sun of Rome is a very interesting one because I wanted to study archaeology when I was a kid, uh, before quickly realizing it is a pretty much a field that I cannot really get into. Mm. I used to love reading about um basically the Romans, the Egyptians, the Greeks, uh all your ancient history and uh pretty much that kind of stuff. Uh and I played most of the campaign, but I just left it. Like I, I'm not one for going back and doing collectibles. Uh, I'm not one for needlessly grinding in multiplayer. Uh, so I did majority of the game and then left it up until a few weeks ago, where I noticed some people in the achievement hunters anonymous uh, Discord doing it, which are close. Uh, our community is closely intertwined with theirs. I would like to say. So with it, I saw them getting a few completions in Rise, and I went, alright, it's been it's been like six or seven years by this point. I've got like ten achievements I need to go back and clean up. There's a glitch to get the multiplayer going. Why not I go back and um, give this another will? And there was just some moments in it which just... like, It's one of those games that I just go back and I go like, wow, this is fantastic storytelling to me. Um, it's you know like the movement and all that now that i've matured as a gamer i played quite a bit over the time uh when you know back on the xbox one i started that generation just playing with Mm. uh call of duty uh and just the odd game here and there whereas now i've got 1200 Mm. games that i've dived under my belt um things make a lot more sense when you have played different genres a lot more if that makes sense Which I've always found interesting, um... You know, like, when you're just starting off achievement hunting, things can become, like, a lot more daunting. Whereas in... You pick up tidbits from different games. As the more you game. And I feel like you become more of a... Effective achievement hunter or a trophy hunter going into games when you've played, like, similar genres, for example. But, um... Rise, Sun of Rome. Beautiful story. Basically, you're, um... I'm just trying to think of a word for it like basically you're a Roman general there's a lot of gladiator stuff uh, a lot of like ancient history tied in with it uh, I'm horrible at explaining games (laughs) I'm a game player not a game sayer
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you just something about this game yep. because obviously, you know, sort of my backstory is that I didn't really start gaming until 2014. So I didn't play, you know, any of these things we classify as retro systems now. You know, I dabbled a little in the PS3, but not really until, I suppose we can't call it current gen anymore, previous gen, yep. if you like, the, the Xbox uh, PS4 or whatever else. Now, uh, just being on that side, I was told, you know... Uh, quite often two games came up that i should get an xbox and i should play one of them was lost odyssey uh and the other one was this uh rise son of rome now do you is that is that a fair statement is this something i should be looking at i
1: i feel there's a lot more um xbox games that would be higher up on my list but Mm -hmm. as a launch title um I feel like the Xbox One didn't really have the greatest launch, but this was a strong contender. I would probably rate it like a 7, 8 out of 10. It wouldn't be the mm. top of my list, but it is an enjoyable experience nonetheless.
0: Okay. Okay, I like that. I like that. I like your the point you made because, of course, the, the more games you play, and it's it's a funny transition, I think, for achievement and trophy hunters are that you know everyone starts off you know maybe hardcore it builds into the hardcore as you go and then there does seem to this be this deviation between the people that are just in it for the gamer score or for the the trophies or whatever and they're using their guides and they're you know interacting as as much as they need to or as little as they need mm. to and then there is a, a subsection of gamers which is <clears throat> Cameron the larger population of <laughs> gamers in the world that actually start to realize there's a game there and you start to see how the game's made you start to get interested in the the mechanics of the game perhaps sometimes even more than the game depending on on the quality of the you know the conceived product product or whatever else so i like that you bring that up but then with that in mind it brings me to battleborn which i just noticed on your list that's an interesting choice Uh gearbox studio i'm i'm surprised this game is still around to be honest with you. so battleborn
1: is, battleborn is a very interesting one so i um this was one of those games that i started last year with every intention of going like you know, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it. Uh, the server's actually closed for it at the end of January. So, oh, wow. <laughs> saying that, going back to my point before, I am not one of the gamers to um, to worry about a incomplete list. Like, at the end of the day, there oh. is a good game here, but the same, same thing with PlayStation. Like, sometimes a list will break a game. Mm. Uh, it will... It will take you out of the game, for example. Like, this is a really good game that has a grindy list for the sake of having grindy lists. Like, some of these characters just require multiple hours going through doing ridiculous tasks to unlock a 10G achievement of basically the equivalent of a bronze trophy. And it's Mm -hmm. like, at the end of the day, am I enjoying myself? Probably not. Should I move on to something else? Probably. So... I went through last night and did all the DLC missions uh, to help my friend um, Kiku, 123, pretty much finish up his completion. At the end of the day, I got to play majority of the story, I got to do the DLC, I'm just not going to go back and do every single character, there's like 25 of them that require multiple hours. But hats off to him, like, he managed to get the game done in, like, four
0: full days of playing non-stop. Yeah, that's impressive which is crazy. It's, it's so funny to see this game because I, I don't know when you first started this you say so you're coming back to it, but I remember, I remember when this game launched and it, it launched at full price. It actually, it was even a console yeah. bundle and I, you know, I may have <clears throat> bought it at full price uh, at that time or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and you think I would learn my lesson from these, you know, soon to be free to play games, but uh, thanks Rocket Arena and EA, I still haven't. And uh, <laughs> so, but I did, I did play the, the story missions as well, but I remember that. And I don't know if it was the same on the Xbox, but the PlayStation. This was notoriously glitchy as well. The trackers that was a, it's a tough completion.
1: See, i I haven't heard any issues with the trackers, but it was just to me. This was the game that long launched alongside uh, Blizzard's Overwatch, so um, it didn't really stand much of a chance. <laughs>
0: that that's uh, going. <laughs> that's
1: that's very true.
0: <laughs> now you throw something out for me. I see there's a ton of Z- uh, zittle on here, but you know it, it is what it is. <laughs> oh,
1: I mean that—that's neither here nor here. there. There were some decent games with there. Like, I didn't mind. Um, Fifty Years for being the quick completion it was. Um, pretty much more memorable experiences uh, as of late. I've gone back and played. Uh, sorry, I've gone and played Mafia: Definitive Edition. Yeah. Um, now that the trilogy's out. When I was growing up, um, Mafia was one of those games that I absolutely like, adored when I was a kid. Uh mainly because my parents, you know, like, when we, um, when my uncle got a PS1, he got the original Grand Theft Auto, the top-down shooter kind of one, uh, back on PS2, uh, we had, uh, San Andreas, and then I remember when we got a PC, I got Mafia Definitive Edition from, um... I think it was like a collector's bin at one point and we played it so much between me and my brother to the point we were fighting over it and dad finally just came in and snapped the disc because he had had enough. (laughs) But I always remember this game like just that one race uh, bit. So uh, Amazon had a few good deals going on um, during the Christmas break, decided to get the trilogy uh, just because I wanted to relive one, I wanted to relive two. Um, Went back, smashed out that race, um done most of the story i just need to do cleanup but that was a really really good game the only shame of it is they um i don't believe they have the same voice actors as the original so there's a like a little bit of that lost nostalgia but then there is the appreciation at the same time that a few of the shorter missions they've actually reworked from the ground up and made a more um lengthy and filled in experience
0: yeah, it's it's it is. I've played that as well uh, on the X. It is it's something special to behold. Have you played two and three in the past, or I've I played two on the free
1: sixty, mm. um, and I played 3 uh, on the Xbox One. Two's, two is quite honestly the best story-wise, in my opinion. Mm. I just um like just removing achievements and trophies from them completely. One to me is a massive nostalgia trip, uh, even though mm. it is a you know a remake 2 is just uh incredible story 3 like it just what's what's the right wording it, <laughs> it's blizzard. it's trying to do too much like yes. 1 has a like a straight through story 2 feels like it's expanding on that a little bit giving like the dlc and that um 3 is just like i think you have to replay the game 4 times for the full completion yeah and I, like, I'm just one of those kind of people that, you know, unless I'm going to get an insanely different story, I don't want to be replaying something multiple times. I want to be just experiencing the story once and then moving on, unless it's necessary.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny for me because you know having started later as I said I started with Mafia 3. I'd never played the the first or the second at that point and I just assumed that that's what they were sort of a good story but just overwhelming open world with just nothing to do but tons of it to do. Sort of situation and then coming back this year and playing 2 which you know whatever it's just a, a it's a touch up it wasn't a remake it was a barely a remaster at least on the the PlayStation mm. the way it, the way run but the story was there, you know. It was it was core cool and I really enjoyed that and And then playing one, I had no idea how, I mean, yes, it's sort of open-ish world, but how linear, how story-focused it was. And I I thought it was wonderful. But, yeah, I mean, that series has definitely moved on, but perhaps not unlike Assassin's Creed from where it started or or whatever. Now, because you're a racer, I've got to ask you about that race. Uh, Have you done it on the hard difficulty? And uh, how did you find it?
1: I... Uh I did the classic difficulty Mm. going through for the first playthroughs just so I didn't have to go back into a second. Um it probably was one of the most challenging races I've done in any racing game, but at the same time like it's not a racing game, so Mm. I feel like I can give myself a little bit of credit there. Um it's just one of those things that on that classic uh on that classic difficulty is just so easy to spin out. Yes. And I did spend a few hours on it, but I did read it eventually. Um, then I feel like for the most of the game like everything else is pretty cakewalk. Mm. Mm. Just um, you know, use your cover, lean out, kill a few enemies, use your cover, so forth.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was interested in, in your opinion of that. So look I think that's a that's a perfect point for us to segue into Forza if you're if you're okay with that. Yep. at this point. Now, I want to ask you, I'm always interested. I When I started gaming, I had no interest in racing game at all, and then I fell in with a, with a highly skilled but degenerate group of racing people <laughs> that were hardcore sim racers, you know? So they, they followed the path that then went on to things like Assetto Corso, the, the dirt rallies, you know... I can do it rally my God. Uh, and, and, a, and a few <laughs> other things that I you know being an unskilled gamer, which I you know I'm very open about, I tried to follow and it was it was a challenge, so it was a, it was a real challenge and I gravitated towards the arcade style, uh, predominantly because I just didn't like messing with all the, the the settings with the car. you know I didn't like having all that, but I noticed that you you seem to be more of an arcade racer as well. What do you like about the arcade racer over the sim, and is that a fair statement for you?
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would tend to agree. I feel like with uh, spe- specifically the Forza Rise series, it's just like you pick something that, you know, looks nice to you or you make a really nice paint job. Um, you don't need to do all that simulation kind of stuff, but you can if you want to. The option's still there. Um, that stuff's never really interests me. Like, to me, it's enough to say, you know, I'm driving a, a Ferrari or you know, I'm driving uh, Lego, <laughs> um, <laughs> a Lego version of, um, you know, any different kind of car, but um, just so many, you know, such a good little fun drop-in, grab something that looks nice and just play to your heart's content. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't drop in to spend two hours working on a fine tune for a game. And that's why with motorsport, I've missed out on, quite a few mm. of the design, um, achievements based off them, but Forza Horizons just, it has that, it has some kind of spark to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I like, I like that. I, I can, I can see why. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's one of those games that I've just, regardless of what entry it is, um, I've, you know, for the most part, enjoyed most of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you a, are you a controller or are you a wheel sort of dude i am very weirdly a hybrid <laughs> oh <laughs> so to me
1: nothing beat like you know if you've got uh if you've got your friends over and all that like nothing beats controller in my opinion mm. um like i'm not going to go all right here you have second controller why i do my uh, racing rig but um <laughs> i luck. uh father's day last year i just went all right well i'm just gonna spoil myself a little and i bought a rig and. For the most part, like depending on the mood, I um I might crank it open, just uh just to test it. I find it more applicable for you know the more simulation based ones based off that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm weird. Like I like
0: doing both, just depending on the mood. Yeah, that's funny because I I use a wheel, but I've never used a wheel in that game. And I think the arcade games, I don't know, they just. Like I like I you know do a little bit of the circuit racing or whatever, and you know we, we talked about that loosely with the Forza, and I, I think you're right. Like they definitely sit in like playing the NASCAR games. I mean, you can feel the the grooves mm. on the walls, you know, through the, the force feedback. It's wonderful. But just that, I suppose I've never considered feeling smashing through somebody's brick wall in the UK through my wheel. I suppose that would be awesome too. Mm. But it's it's something it's something to consider. Now when we. When I first looked into your background, I was shocked that you'd you'd hundred percented. Uh, and correct me here if I'm wrong. Forza Horizon Two, Horizon Three, and Horizon Four. You're you're well on your way to the original Forza Horizon as well. That's yep. a that's pretty sizable effort because while these games are arcadey, they're not easy to hundred percent in any any stretch. What's your favourite out of all of them? I. It's
1: so hard to pick a favorite, um, just because each one of them has something like so unique. Like Forza Horizon, for example, I've only just really started playing again today. I'd done most of the game, um, but just got tied up in with like server closures of other games and just hadn't spent a bit of time on it in quite a while. So I went back to it. Uh, it has all the bare bones there of like, you know, all the other games. Uh, the only thing I'm missing from it is the DLCs, unfortunately enough, <laughs> uh, which I'm trying to pick up. But um, two, I mean, like just the scenery and two, uh, just that first jump into the Xbox One generation, just everything looks beautiful. Free, get to experience our home ground. <laughs> um, you know, like you know, driving past the Larue, mm-hmm. uh, Bondi, just amazing uh nice. and then for just for just is the most let's take everything we can and just bump up the notch on it like who would have ever thought having lego and hot wheels as dlc in a racing <laughs> game that isn't purely just a racing game in its own right
0: yeah, yeah. um
1: forza horizon 4 having the seasons um just everything just looking absolutely beautiful and now with the newer consoles picking between a car takes like one second it's just like this slap uh, like this then you know clicking your fingers kind of fast
0: yes yeah, I think it was you. it was someone. I think it was you made the comment that it's now quicker to fast travel to to the start of the the event thing than it is to redrive it or the the, the speed trap or whatever else. And I was yeah, like that. it's just Is that true. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is, yeah. Look, let's go back because the only one I haven't played was the original Forza. I was surprised you're playing this. Is it online like the others and therefore the servers are still up then? Is that the so case? So, or... it's
1: it's still uh it's still got servers up, but um, it's in a stage of what's called, like, end of life. So I mm-hmm. think it's pretty much, um, you know, their partnership with whoever was doing the DLC at that time. Um, they were doing rally cars. I can't remember what um, what brand it was exactly, but they delist them after, like, a five-year brand deal. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to say they closed the servers... Uh, So they um, delisted the DLC back in 2015? But I'm not 100% sure on that. Even though the game released in 2012. Yeah. Um, But it's the same thing with, uh, you know, Forza Horizon 3 went down in, I want to say, September last year. Mm. Uh, Two years prior to that, it was Forza Horizon 2 as well. Um, But servers and that are still running beautifully for all these games. Um, No discontinued achievements in... Uh, any of them, unless you don't have the required content for number one, which is, just makes it partially discontinued.
0: Okay, but. that's what I was driving at. Okay, I wondered if you could, yeah, you could still do that.
1: Okay. Yeah, like, I saying that at the same time, though, trying to find people with this game still is a uh, nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I, I uh, actually left, uh, you know, looking for a match uh, when it had lunch earlier this afternoon. I came back like half an hour and I was in a match with somebody. I'm like, all right, don't know how long this has been going for. It's kind of just auto racing for me. So it's still getting me my achievements, but (laughs) I was surprised to
0: say the least. I used to always think, back in the day where I, where I still cared to boost to try and get a few extra trophies uh, before, you know, you just surface treatment them. Now, back in the day when you were playing these old games or whatever else, you know, that nobody would play now or whatever, and you'd be waiting or whatever, and you'd have your second console. I don't know if you're that, you know, if you're that far gone yet or not, or third oh, console. Oh, oh. Do we, do you... <laughs> we want to talk about that? Well, you know, I, I, have... I have no shame of that.
1: <laughs> I have, uh. uh... In this current moment in time, I have a gaming PC, two Series Xs, a Series S, uh, an Xbox One Elite, and two Xbox 360 slips. I oh, a
0: switch. Yeah, it really makes you wonder why you only have half a million gamer score, to be honest. But, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is what Family it is. commitments. Family <laughs> I, commitments. That's, that's right. But look, no, I don't think there's any shame in that at all because I'll always oh. self-boost if I can over having to deal with another human on that system because you never know oh. what you're, you're going to get. But one of the things, and I love that you're doing it legit there because one of the things that I, I did love is you'd be you're self-boosting this old game and then there would be somebody there. And just that feeling of like, oh, shit, mate, I'm really sorry. You've probably been here for five years waiting for a match, and I'm going to disconnect you because you're just going to waste <laughs> my time. And it's it's a brutal it's a brutal reality, I suppose, in these things. Now, I wanted to ask you, now, I never got to play this. I believe it has been delisted, so it's not really possible to play it anymore unless you, unless you know someone, I suppose. But it's that Forza yep. spin-off game. Was it Forza Horizon 2 uh, Fast and the Furious? Is this right?
1: Yes. So Forza Horizon 2 Fast and the Furious was done as a tie-in for, um, I can't remember which... Uh, iteration was it would have been back in like 2014 2015 like i look i honestly Hmm. don't really watch the fast and furious films i just never have gone around to it um but like you know tie-in game made it free gave people pretty much like i would treat this as dlc to forza horizon 2 in a way like a 1k demo version of the game Ah. that i could just you know experience in a way of like what a forza horizon is to play and they are they are remarkable in a way of like you know i can't convince most you know i can't convince many of the hardcore achievement hunters to play a forza horizon game because it's such a time sink for them and they just go racing that's um that's not my Mm. style to to put it lightly um but you know that Mm. that one game is just like one (laughs) to two hours it's the perfect bite size to say well this is this is one of the absolute phenomenal uh xbox games out there this is what i play
0: Okay, I always wondered about, I always wondered about that what that was, and and because recently I don't know if you you had the the luxury of playing this game yet. It's a wonderful game, the Fast and the Furious Crossroads. Of course, they released from last year. A true, a true, a true marvel <laughs> of the racing genre. I think you you could say. Oh, uh, I
1: um, I um, I picked, I picked up quite a few on the um, top ten lists. Whether I say the best <laughs> or the worst of last year. Yes. Um, but I have it still wrapped up sitting here right beside me, ready to um ready to test out when I have the um patience for it. <laughs>
0: It's a wonderful game that's not, it's not sort of, you know, defined or, or you know, refined with modern graphics or whatever. It's a purist, it's a purist game. And one of the beautiful things about it, of course, you have QTE in the story events, which you need in every racer, of course. Oh, lots exactly. of QTE <laughs> <laughs> events in mid car. And of course, a multiplayer system. And this is very important when you release your game at a hundred bucks or whatever, fully licensed. A multiplayer game that needs 18 people to start, which is a wonderful thing with no AI. So it was, it was a well thought out product. But look, you know, some of those Vin Diesel moves are fantastic. So it's a, it's it's a worth, it's a worth. I just, (laughs) I,
1: I can't believe the trailer they showed off this game. Like I just expected, Uh, but I I think when I do eventually get around to it, I might actually put all the uh put all the Fast and Furious films on alongside it just to. Yeah. have something to watch
0: that's that's right and you know as cd project red have come out and said well look if they can release that we can release this and you know that, that that's, that's that's what we have seen off the back of that which is wonderful wonderful coming into this year now what about this other forza street this is the current free-to-play mobile game is that correct
1: yes uh this is a regret <laughs> oh really <laughs> um yeah like i mean it's it's one of those things that you know you take a you take a train or a tram or anything like that, public transport to work. You, <laughs> you know, you've done read the news on the on your phone for the day. You know, you need something to do. Candy Crush just isn't holding up to it anymore. <laughs> um, so I'm you decide to, to just waste money on this um, uh, play-to-pay win garbage. Uh, oh,
0: okay, it falls into that category. It's it's yeah,
1: it's one of those. Um, uh, so I'm trying to think who, what it was originally called. But they basically bought them out and just said, Alright, we're going to rebrand this as Forza and Yeah, I mean like look, get your X Cloud, play your Forza Horizon Four base game through that, not this.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. But yeah, I I, I had a feeling it might have been I didn't realise it was a microtransaction. A buyer beware situation. Now yeah. <laughs> let's let see if I can here Because of course one of the wonderful things About having you know people that have completed Things when I haven't is I can start to get some Tips for myself purely selfish yep. I know I want to dive a little bit into Forza Horizon 4 and I want To yep. I want to ask you about This Eliminator mode uh, uh, oh. Friendly with uh <laughs> Yes, Aerith Flower Girl, and, and she was recently, well, recently, at the end of last year, doing this, and there were some colourful messages, and it basically it broke down to she wasn't sure if she would be able to do it uh, or not because of the, the nature of it. it. What is going on with that mode? It's a, it's a battle royale, basically, for cars, yeah? Yeah,
1: so this is... This is a this is a weird one because I constantly get people like tell me just like oh it's too hard like how you manage to do it. Hmm. Um, I feel like I fit into that category of I'm a gamer that will constantly, you know, there's a brick wall. What's the best way to get through the brick wall? It's not around it. It's through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will continuously play a hard game until, you know, until I get something like it's just how it goes at the end of the day for me. So people will tell me that the Eliminator is way too hard. I just say to them, well, maybe you haven't figured out the best thing that works for you yet. The pointer, the pointer for this, uh, though, for the Eliminator and st- stuff that people might not think about. Um, and I don't know if it will still carry on because I completed, uh, I complete these DLCs mm. as they come out pretty much. Um, when you get to the final showdown in like your stage one car for that achievement, you can just drive in a random direction and hope you end yeah. up near the finish line. You can give yourself a massive head start doing stuff like that. I don't know if they patched that. I feel like they might've at one point, but I know that when I originally did it, I was like, why, why has everybody just mm. stopped? Like, you know, I have 10 cars here. There's nothing, you know, keeping me still in one place. Why don't I? If I uh, why don't I just drive in a random direction and yeah. then course correct? And that's how I got my eliminator wins to get those harder. Yeah, achievements.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because the thing in my mind was that there is a lot of <laughs> luck involved in this mode as well. Sure, there's some skill, but <laughs> but here you echo that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just go this way a hundred times. It's got to be right once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's
1: exactly it just like i only need to win like once to get this achievement the rest of yeah. it's just grinding yeah. the other stuff out <laughs> like um you know a lot of these games like um you know your PUBGs and your uh other games like that can worry about the winning 50 times this is just asking you to win once under yeah. certain conditions so uh, you'll eventually get there you'll get that one lucky run and you know, you might have 20 failed attempts before that, but the best advice I can give to people is just, like, you know, l- you know, keep on playing that. Keep on learning... Um, it might sound, like, funny mm-hmm. enough, but keep on learning the map. Because it is a massive map, but, you know, if you play it for a few days in a row, eventually stuff is going to look familiar, and you're going to know... Where to go to um, try and get yourself ahead?
0: Yeah, okay, I, I like that. I like that. Now, is there? I mean, I'm only about halfway through the list, and as you alluded to, they are massive time sinks. I love that the guide says it's a hundred ish hours or whatever on TA, and I'm up to like ninety <laughs> hours and at like forty percent. But you know, that's, that's another story <laughs> or whatever. Ooh. Look, I'm having too much fun driving around, obviously. <laughs>
1: So, for Horizon Four, just as a standalone for me, is seven hundred and thirty-five yes, hours. Of... <laughs> Saying that, it might be a lot of me being AFK away from my console. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think
0: it's at least yeah. at least three hundred plus hours. I think that's a a very conservative one hundred hour. <laughs>
1: yeah, with the with the full completion, I would dare say something around that if you're. Grinding everything out Yeah
0: And just before we We're sort of We're coming to the end But I have to ask you We brought it up briefly Obviously Playground Games What makes their, their races And this series So wonderful for me And it's something that Just hasn't happened yet On the Sony side We don't have anything Like this And I don't I don't understand why, and it doesn't look like it's going to improve in the near future either. No one, no one's making in this style, but they—they're not afraid to have these zany expansions. You—you you talked about the Hot Wheels, mm. but also about the Lego one. And when I started playing that, I thought it's just—it's it's fantastic. Now I don't know if you—if you prefer the Island, there, the Fortune Island, or the Lego, or they're the, much the same for you, or whatever.
1: I don't say I don't care for the uh, Fortune Island or the Blizzard Mountain uh, DLC packs. I kind of feel like they're just they're just extra content at the end of the day, but like the Hot Wheels, the Lego, the Hot Wheels one, um, just feels to me like, so, what's the word for it? Like it, it, it brings forth that sense of nostalgia. Like Lego does the exact same thing, but Mm -hmm. Lego to me just has that crazy insane world. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm playing like through the Lego movie. Um, you know, mashed up with a racing game, but they're just absolutely, like, crazy uh, things to think about in, like, an arcade racer. Especially done to the level of detail Mm -hmm. that Playground puts into their games. Like, um, I would dare say that Playground Games is one of my absolute favourite studios, and I'm really excited to see what they do with Forza, uh, sorry, not with Forza, with Fable uh, coming forth, because... Just the mm. level of um, the level of beauty uh, of playing like a racing game is just, you know, it's crazy to me.
0: It's a really funny thing because I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I like it, it's funny you touched on motor, motorsports briefly, but you know, I don't think that's the perfect sim by any stretch. And the problem is that the really good sims at the moment, like I said at Corso, they're while they're, they're simulation, they're, they're very deep or whatever, they're graphically, they're not great at all or whatever else, you know. And, and even the yeah. gameplay, it's just more and more of the same as opposed to, you know I, know, I know skill comes into it, but it's really just about who can sit there the longest. And this is an issue that you know wrc i'm not sure if you play the rally games they've had a similar problem in that they're becoming more sim which is wonderful graphically they look beautiful or whatever else but there's just it's just doing the the same thing the difficulty is is just in sitting there it's not actually in small challenges and i know you can play on hard or whatever else but the base game itself it's dumbing down or whatever i suppose and you know this, this is not yep. an issue of course on the on the you know arcade side or whatever but but none of them are just inventing like uh, playground games is and none of them are, are are adding the amount of content as well as the game goes which i think is wonderful but i want to sort of wrap us out here cameron because i'm conscious of of keeping you but i have to i have to ask playground games they ring you up tomorrow cameron they go forza horizon 5 where's it going to be set
1: i've just I've just been thinking about this so much and I think based off the rumours we heard, I don't want to... I don't know if it was the start of last year or it was uh, the year before, but there was comments about, like, a Tokyo Drift kind of thing.
0: Um,
1: I I mean, like, I'm all all for
0: it. Where would you like to see it set? Uh, There's no 100%
1: real uh, answer. Like, I... Just to give you a few ideas, like... um think of like an African safari Forza mm-hmm. to me, that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To me, Eastern Europe would be interesting because I can't think of many, um, you know, like it's a, it's a part of the world that I'm not a hundred percent completely familiar with. Yes. Um, I mean, like we've already done Australia, you know, uh, why not South America? Why not Africa? Why not Eastern Europe? something like that that's really interesting, really weird.
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah, I I think that would be amazing. I think a cross with the Dakar Rally or something mm. would be phenomenal because someone has to save that series and help them out. (laughs) And uh, I think that would be amazing. Same same time, though, I'm just like... Like, to me, a Forza game has to have the right amount of
1: balance. uh, Sorry, a Forza Horizon game has to have the right amount of balance as well. Like Australia, we've got, like, the Outback, we've got the beach, we've got... um, like the jungle kind of environment it needs to have that right mixture and some of the countries mm. i'm just not seeing that right, like hybrid mix without it being a kind of clone copy so it'll be interesting to see what they do um i want to say tokyo like japan would be the safe bet but i mean like south africa african safari forza horizon that would be mind-boggling to me but playground games could make something like that look absolutely yes. amazing yeah.
0: it's, it's exciting it's exciting to see now to finish this up here i'm going to throw three games at you that you've played <clears throat> to varying degrees or whatever i just want you to give you uh, just want you to give me a yes no or run screaming <laughs> hot shots racing
1: uh hot shots racing that one was game pass uh yes for a like a small little arcade racer uh a little bit of a grinder at the end but yeah pretty good Okay, good.
0: Uh, The Grand Tour, the game?
1: Uh, Absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorite games of that year. Uh, Has the right mix of a television show and a um, game, like just a bare bones kind of game at the same time. But just how they do it, like playing along with the episode, is really good. So, yeah, amazing. Uh, One of my most highly rated games of that year
0: just to follow up on that did you use two controllers and do you think it was a little excessive to have 50 and 25 of the pickups there
1: uh i used two controllers i didn't see as an excessive but i played week to week so pretty much if you played alongside the game uh you would have that update every uh every week i believe it was like a friday or a thursday yeah uh with you know, another five achievements or so, and it took, like, one to two hours.
0: Okay, I like that. And the last Mind one... sizes. Yeah, yeah. And the last one, from left field, uh, the recent release, Fuser.
1: Fuser? is really interesting. Um, I used to play a lot of Guitar Hero back mm. in the day. Uh, it is insane, the amount of creativity that some people can put into games like this. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then it's just like, all right, I really like that. How do I put that on... Uh, my phone so i can listen to it on a car trip um just because you know you want to be djing on your car trips why not <laughs> um great game um without having to go out and run out and spend hundreds on
0: peripherals yes yeah i want to ask you one other thing about that game i've played a little as well i'm often asked about that game uh it comes up quite a lot does it have longevity for you do you think will you keep coming back to it or is it sort of an experience it was amazing for that week and then that's it
1: i i think myself personally as a gamer um i don't think it will have longevity for me but the you know for somebody that wants to for example like become a dj this is going to be like their best friend this is going yeah. to be something that you know they'll go out and get the season pass they'll get all the content and they'll love it to bits um you know i imagine in this day and age we have just as many people that want to be here i um, dj's as back 10 years ago wanted to become rock stars yeah so i believe there is definitely a market there for it but i think just i've i've passed that teenage age where i could you know spend every single day on a game
0: like this hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think I think there's a I think that's very true uh, for that game for perhaps for a lot of us. So look, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight, Cameron. I've had a, a wonderful time. It's been fascinating to hear about Forza. It's finally it's about time after almost three years to have someone on this thing that actually has played <laughs> the game as well. So we can we can gush about it, which we we did do. But look, if uh, this is this part of the show, if you'd like to spruik yourself, if uh, and of course the wonderful Real Gamer podcast, where can we hear you? Where can the people see you?
1: Uh so yeah, like I said before, my game tag is Shadowless Edge, um space between those two words, of course. You can find me most commonly in the Real Gamerscore uh, podcast Discord channel, which is discord.io slash real Uh you can find me managing the Twitter for the same account, uh Real Gamerscore Podcast. Uh you can find me running the Xbox Achievement Community Facebook group. Um nearly close to three hundred members, quick shout out to those guys as well. Um And then you can just find me pretty much just, um, you know, on my console, gaming every single game known to existence until I die, and uh, jumping into your wonderful little uh, community and just asking really, really simple questions that I have absolutely no idea about. That's right.
0: That's right, listeners. If you manage to set your clocks to about ten or eleven PM after he's had a few drinks, he may accidentally post in the push to plat Discord as a mistake for the real gamerscore one. But look, <laughs> it is it its it has been a it's been a wonderful experience. I've enjoyed it a lot. So if you are if you are sticking around in the future, I hope you will one day come back again and speak with us. Thank you so much for tonight. Cheers. Thank you. So there you go, listeners. We've finally got some Forza and Forza Horizon talk on Push to Play. It's been a long time coming, and I want to thank Cameron again for for that conversation. It was great. Now, if you want to hear more about the Xbox or more from Cameron, Shadowless Edge, and his co-hosts on the Real Gamer Score podcast, it comes out every Tuesday. Look, it is. I know, I know, we're Sony ponies to a degree over here, but there's there's so much crossover anyway, and they really do have some wonderful depth and. One of the great things is you know that you're in safe hands with them because they all have played such a diverse range of games and such a deep gamer score as well. So, look, moving on, I have three gems of the week for you this week. I've got, I've got quite a few big things in sort of various stages, but I don't want to throw any of that on you today. I want to throw three things that I've completed in the last week or, or dabbled in uh, as well. And, look, I've really enjoyed them. Perhaps some flow under the radar a little bit, but let's see if we can correct that now by, by throwing some love and light on them. And the first one is Iris.fall. It's available for the PS4, Xbox Switch, uh, And it came out on the 8th of January of this year, but it has been on the PC since 2018, developed by Next Studio. So we're really in the time of the Shadow games. I mean, if you cast your mind back, right back to the PS3 generation, we had this wonderful game by Compulsion Studios called Contrast. And I know we've thrown a little love on that game in the past few weeks. If you haven't played Contrast, you really, you really owe it to yourself. Not only does Compulsion Games have just such a wonderful quirky art style, but the way they incorporated this this original game, if you like, with gameplay and then shadows or light and shadow puzzles has really set up maybe a bit of a delayed genre in what we're seeing now. We saw Projection First Light at, towards the end of last year, Shady Part of Me, and now this Iris Dot Fall. So at its basis, Iris.fall is a puzzler. It's a puzzler moving between the light or the real world and the shadow projection world, if you like. And you, you transverse these two worlds effortlessly through the books that are placed. You sort of step into a book and then step out of a book. This game definitely has an Alice in Wonderland feel, which is really intensified through the minimalistic art style and coloring. Most of the game is literally just black and white, but it is still high production. There's there's a point in this game where there's a picture book and just the detail they've managed to get in the contrast of the colour here. It's just, it's really wonderful. You can tell a lot of effort and work has been put into this game. It has a real Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole feel to it. Now the story it is pretty dark and it's beautifully accompanied with a wonderful soundtrack so keep the sound up if you play this. You're looking at maybe I don't know an hour or 2 hours with a guide, maybe 4 hours without a guide depending on how you find the puzzles. Nothing is too tricky and most of it can be solved through trial and error. There was one or two that I'm not exactly sure how I solved, but you can you sort of will pick it up as you go. Now If the Platinum is important to you or the 1000G here, there are puzzles in each chapter that need to be done perfectly on the first time. It's probably unlikely you're going to get that without a guide, but replaying the chapter, of course, is going to be very quick from the chapter select menu at the end. Yes, we seem to have an abundance of these games, and it does come in at around 20 or so Australian dollars, but for that price, I think it's really, it's really worth a look. And if, you, if, you, you know, if you've had enough of these for the moment after a shady part of me, then put it on the wish list for a price drop, because I think it's something you'll have a wonderful, well, probably a wonderful afternoon sort of game. Next up, now this is an older release. I suppose it released in pre-release and then it it finally released in full on the 14th of February 2020 for the PS4 only. This is, of course, Dreams by Media Molecule. So I did pre-order this game, or whatever they called it, early access, uh, the year before when it came out. And at that stage, it was really just a... I suppose a proof of concept and they were adding content all the time and they'd invited people in to start, you know, creating these early adopters. If, if you like now, this is a paid game. And the whole time I was playing it, I was like, this would have been such a wonderful thing. If Sony could have somehow incorporated this as a free, uh, you know, an application, I suppose, more than a game into the PS five or even, you know, shock horror to the PS four that still exists, you know, out there for the rest of us that, that don't have the five. And, By that, I mean it's not a game, although there's thousands of games within it. In a way, it's almost the adult roadblocks, I suppose, if you just want to play. But it's so much more than that because the creating tools and the crafting tools in this game application or game creator, I suppose we could call it, is really second to none, at least on the console system. You're not going to find anything like this without going over to the PC One of the wonderful things of course Is the collaboration you can have with other people And I mean it it verges on the fringe of stealing I suppose Where you can almost clone elements of their world And then put it into your own And then release it Either just for yourself or someone else So I'd mucked around with all these elements before And I know that you know if you're a gamer You're not interested in spending hours and hours Creating and crafting something So you know I'd never looked at that side of it And I thought well it's about time I played this art's dream Which is the I suppose the story mode if you like that media molecule put in, you know, and it's free if you if you have the game. Everything everything is free once you've you, you paid that initial entry fee. And look, it's a really interesting experience. It takes about an hour and a half to two hours or so. They they bill it as like a feature film in length. And it does it does definitely feel like that. Now It is also a proof of concept to show what the the software can actually do. And one of the things that I thought while I was playing it is, is that, you know, if you thought anyone could be a game dev, then you you sort of get get an appreciation after you've spent a few hours playing other people's things. And there's some amazing things in there. And then a few hours, you know, playing this art stream, because obviously they know the tools inside out, but there's a little bit extra, a little bit of spark in there. To so Artstream It does play like a, a walking sim If you like But it has elements Of everything It's got a little bit Of platforming there It's got some visual Novel elements there It's got sort of A cutscene movie elements If you like It's got side-scrolling Shooter Vertical shoot 'em up All these sort of things In there as well And as I said It does have an Overarching story Where you're, you're Collecting these Prize bubbles If you like That then will Unlock extra things Within you know The creations that You choose to make Later on And yes I know That probably I think Is the heart Trophy, are collecting all those or whatever, but some wonderful guides and video guides out there. And of course, if that's a concern, you can enter all these things individually, almost like a chapter select. And each of these little levels run from anywhere from, you know, a minute or so to, to three or four minutes. None of them are a massively long. One of the things I appreciated was that there's really no there's no point where you're going to get stuck on if you are like no fail safe. You can always make progress in this. It, it does go through a weird little spike towards the end in difficulty, but I think that's more the controls or whatever else. And you know, as I said, nothing difficult. So you, you really do go on a journey. If you're gonna play this mode and, and you can save, you know, you can come back and, and drop out. I would encourage you to play it in one sitting. You can play it in co-op as well for most of the, the experience is uh is a two player. It's a really interesting thing. Whether I'm gonna spend more time on the creation side or not, I'm not sure because I do find the tools, it's still a little bit clunky. I think there's no way around that. I think also for the platinum, I experimented with doing some of the master classes and some of the things, and while the guide is adequate or whatever, there's a a lot of gaps in in that that i think you you will you know figure out the more time you put into it having said that if you're only in it for the trophies a lot of the the you know creation trophies it's just a matter of cloning someone else's world saving and exiting or whatever else i do understand there is a big trophy there for reaching level 30 and i believe people have found hotkey solutions and macro scripts they run or whatever else but you know if, if it's a game that you're going to drop in and out of over the next you know generation or something perhaps you'll you'll naturally get there anyway I know I've talked about it for a long time and I know it probably interests very few of the audience, but, but you know, if you're, if you're in a position that you, you don't mind to have that sort of experience, I suppose, to see, see behind the curtain of games. And this is, it's a really fascinating product and it's a lot more depth, I suppose, for myself than I thought would initially be there. My next one and last gem of the week, if you like, is Life of Fly. This is only available for the Xbox, releasing on the 14th of January uh, by the publisher EPIXR Games. Now, I mentioned this briefly in the spam of the week last week, and I thought that's what it was going to be, a throwaway spam game. And yes, you know, it is. It's an hour completion or whatever else. There's no guide required. There's nothing of difficulty in here. So it meets all the spam requirements. And when you load in, that's that's definitely what, what it greets you with. You are literally a fly and you just fly through these checkpoints in the level. There's no way to get lost. If you, if you do get lost, you can just crash into anything and it auto-respawns you at the last checkpoint. Most checkpoints are visible, you know, clearly from the previous one. There's a few that, you know, you go around corners, but it, it's just obvious where you are in the room. This game shines in two particular areas. The the first area and the main area for me was the the voice acting and and basically the dialogue in this game. It's what makes it. Without this, yes, it's just a point-to-point, you know, little novel spam flyer or something. But the... The narration, it's funny because you, you start to listen to it and you're like, is this a joke or whatever? And then, then there's some really deep stuff in there, you know, about the meaning of life and, you know, relationships and, you know, how to how to survive, I suppose. And then you've got to put it in context with it's all coming from the mind of a fly and, you know, the fly's eternal, you know, hope to avoid the fly swatter and, and losing his friends to this or, or his friends went off here and they never saw them again. And it's it's kind of really funny. And then at times it has these sort of Aha! Life moments in it as well Now I don't think that would be enough But it's almost enough by itself It's also one of these games Similar to The Suicide of Rachel Foster That built a really nice Levels, really nice levels Over the 12 short stories Some are better graphically than others But but they're sort of built out more Than they needed to be which I have a lot of respect For there's one where you're flying through a child's Bedroom and there's just so much Attention to detail in the playthings, in the desk in the furniture That you know it's not required You don't necessarily interact with it but it just Builds out the world there's also One a Christmas one there with a, a Similar thing so look yeah it's only Going to take you an hour sure you could play this With no volume it's not required but that Would be missing the point of it it's a It's a very chill little game and I do hope that we see it at some point uh, over on the playstation so that's my three picks for this week iris.fall dreams by media molecule and life of fly So we've come to that time. The time's on the board. Let's jump in. Spam of the week. And we start with Space Break, EU and NA. Yes, it's another brick breaker, sushi breaker, donut breaker. Look, I don't know. It's basically all the same idea. Yeah, it's kind of fun though, isn't it? This is the one that is slightly longer. So as opposed to the 10-minute plat, you're looking at about 20 minutes here of gameplay. Yes, you don't have to play at all. Yes, you only need to play the first handful of characters. But look, if you like these It's a fun 20 minute diversion Balance a lot is the Rattle offering for this week. So far we have the EU and the NA stack. Look, you only need to play one level, two if you need that extra star or so. Look, it's pinned as a a bicycle rider style game, I suppose. Yeah, the balance is a little iffy, but there's checkpoints everywhere. You're going to get this down to 10 to 12 minutes on your second go. Look, by the time you hit your fourth, you'll probably be at five. It's a a fun diversion. And actually, it's kind of a beautiful art style as well. And yes, if you want to play it, the whole game is there. The Last Dead End, EU and NA drops. Now, this has dropped for a little while, but they finally fixed the glitch trophy, I believe, in the collections or whatever. I haven't played this myself yet. It's a walking sim, I think, with some stealth uh, stealth elements, maybe a little bit of survival, uh, horror-ish elements as well. There for around a two- to three-hour plat. Vera Blank Ghost in the Castle. It's the sequel to the Vera Blank Full Moon. It's a VN with, I suppose, some map elements, if you like. Interestingly, originally released in 2000, but finally coming to us yes you can fight this one in around 10 to 15 minutes i'm told love like maybe 15 to 20 and if you are familiar with the first one you don't have to play the mini games this time project starship x drops with a east asia soft price tag oh my goodness oh my goodness sirs life of fly we talked about it today yes you can do it in an hour but keep that sound up Butterfly, another Zitalon game dropping only for 1,000 G this week, but look, come back next week for more. Uh, I understand it's a 10 minute game without a guide either. And my last pick for this week on the Xbox is 50 Years. It's a mini strategy game in a civilization style. Another Zitalon game, it has 3,000 gamers score. You've probably played it if you're a hardcore on the box, but if this is your first time poking into the box, then perhaps this is the one to load up. As I said, 3,000 gamers score. It'll take you around two to three playthroughs, I believe. There are only 50 turns, if you like. It's a it's a basically a wealth strategy style game where you just divide up the money that you're earning through your peasants each turn into different categories of soldier or, or beasts, if you like, and then every few levels or years you fight off. It's very simple to get through. It doesn't really need a guide. Everything will come pretty naturally if you just focus on the three levels of upgrades. But if you need a guide, there are out there. Probably only watch the first couple of minutes or so and you'll get the gist of it. It's a fun diversion and easy gamer score to be had. And that is The Week in Spam. So let's jump into the community shoutouts. You know how to get them. Jump into the community on the PS4. If you're already a next-gen gamer, you'll have to use the Discord. Otherwise, you are shit out of luck, I'm told. We start this week with I'm Styling on Your Bro, number 240, Bus Simulator. It was delightful braving the hustle and bustle of a thriving city as a bus driver. Normally don't play first-person in driving games, but that made this simulation all the more intense. To hell with following traffic laws on GTA. That's boring. This simulation forces you to follow traffic laws if you want to have a profitable public transit company. Though proper driving etiquette never feels forced, you actually strive to do so. Don't laugh, try it before you bust my balls for being a law-abiding driver. The key to being a professional bus driver is lots of PCP. (laughs) This simulator will be a trip, but not that kind. I'm talking patience, concentration, and precision. Patience, a key virtue for any individual. Relax and just be thankful you can be a bus driver except when the person driving the truck in front of you yields to the person entering the motorway. There are many lives at stake. One lapse in concentration and you can be T-boned by a speeding locomotive, or even worse, turn a crosswalking citizen into 150 pounds of grounded hamburger. The latter being the only time I curse at the sim. You need a sixth sense and be one with the vehicle whilst precisely navigating through alleys that can be tighter than wallets of non-premium PSNP members. Oh, geez. Uh, If you are looking to transition into the transit-ish, I should say, into simulation gaming, this would be the perfect first steps for you. And look, like that's like a review in itself, isn't it, listeners? It's wonderful. We had a little back and forth and because I did play five minutes of this game, it was a little slow for me, but not not a surprise. It's all up. uh, I'm styling on your bros alley. And he was telling me about a situation where he was forgetting to bring in the wheelchair ramp. And so, you know, for taking time or something like this. I'm sure he wasn't forgetting. And, of course, my childlike mind went to the idea of, I wondered if you could drive down the road, close to the sidewalk, with the ramp out, just taking people out. But I I don't think that's the point of the game. Apparently, you get fined for such, you know, offensive behavior. Number 241 for I'm Starling On Your Bro. It's Gravel. With the adrenaline of these races and the enthusiasm of a packed-out stadium, I can't imagine anything more exciting if I tried. Weird, because I can think of plenty of more exciting things without having to try. This was fun for a bit until I saw how little content Milestone put into the game. This was the equivalent of Taylor Swift's Beautiful Eyes EP, having all six songs copy-pasted five times and calling it a full-length studio album. (laughs) I also loathed... Loathe the two smash-up events on a point-to-point track. They were annoying as fuck to see whilst bouncing all over the road like a spider monkey on crack. It made my blood boil when the game wouldn't just show the right boards to hit until the last second, after you've already pre-committed to a line. So funny, sir. I'd completely forgotten about that. And if you haven't played it, listeners, there's these sections in the desert, so it's massively wide open, and you don't know, and then all of a sudden it pops up on the other side. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, The grind was also so unnecessary just to unlock all the ugly levers. The AI was pathetic on very hard. They were about as hard as half melted scoop of vanilla soft ice cream. All in all, it could have been 100% fun, but some shite events and a grind that took as long as the entire campaign ended up making me want to slash my tires, I mean wrists. It's a funny game because I know that it did ship with a season pass. I mean, you know, it shipped a while ago now, so all all the content's out. And at the time I originally started it, that wasn't there. So I I know what you're saying, there wasn't enough content to get through to the level 100. I think you got to like 60 or maybe 70, I don't know. And there was quite a bit of racing, you know, a substantial number of hours to get there. And I know since then, they've actually put on a whole lot more, um, you know, DLC packs. And I suppose doing those packs maybe is not the, the quickest time frame to, to getting the plat or the 1000g but i suppose there's some variation there if you don't you don't mind a longer journey and i wonder well you know i, d- I doubt anyone's done this on that would listen to this show uh, the non-optimal path but i wonder if doing that dlc may have alleviated that extra 30 you know levels you needed giving you some new content who, who knows who knows His last one for today, number 242, Drunken Fist. It's a classic, sir, classic. I was beaming with excitement at the prospect of drinking the remainder of my bottle of Jim and playing this game hammered. (laughs) i would make two of you, or three if you include me. The liquid courage ended up having me get my ass whipped in the streets repeatedly. Of course, this was a shock, as this is an 87% platinum. Luckily, the next day, when playing sober... I was the one kicking ass. I pounded these jocks, punks and hipsters into oblivion. Nothing was more satisfying than rocking a piss on the sidewalk, aggroing an enemy into it and seeing them slip and fall flat on their backs. This is my favorite fighting game of all time. I just love how you went from hate to love there in the you know the space of a, a couple of lines. So, but it it, look yeah, it's a spam game for sure, listeners. But it's it's hilarious, you know. It's a hilarious sort of game, you know. One of those games with the the effed up controls just for fun. But you bring up an interesting point about being you know slightly inebriated when you play because. been playing a lot of Valhalla or whatever which we won't definitely won't get into but there's a drinking game there and you know of course you're sober because you know the game goes forever can't sustain a buzz for 100 hours you can try I suppose but try to do that mini game because there's a few moments where it comes up in the story if you are slightly cut it's kind of a challenging game to know how quickly to push the left or right so you know maybe maybe they should should you know add more of these immersion states could you imagine playing that original Watch Dogs mini game drinking game drunk that It probably would have been easier. I don't know. I don't know. Dino Raw, number 1407. That's 1407. Memoranda. An adorable PC game that takes about 45 minutes to play. Trophy guide and text walkthrough available on Dex.exe as soon as it releases, the 22nd of January. So it will be released now. I picked this one up, Dinosaur, so I'm interested in trying it. I went with the Iris Fall instead this week, but perhaps, perhaps next week. Best Trophy Hunter Ever CSO, number 583, NCIS, it's another classic. Detective Butters is on the case. It's definitely got that feel, doesn't it? Number 585, The Darkness 2, Hello Darkness, my old friend. Number 586, Hannah Montana, it's wonderful. Miley's disguise is truly dumb, just like Superman's disguise, a pair of glasses. It's just... I mean out of that whole experience it's wonderful that's that's what you took out of it, but that's great, isn't it? Mr Mr Tab, number one hundred and seven, Spirit of the North. Cute Fox game complete. I liked it a lot, fun puzzles, some of the collectibles were a bit tricky, and I was missing a few even after two runs through the game, so I needed to find a guide for the last five or six. It's a really beautiful game, and I know that it's had a, a porting, is that the word, to PS5. It's got a new trophy stack as well, and I can only imagine how, how glorious it would look on that that system boston george number 198 getting close to that 200 george number 198 i wonder what star ocean game you have left for 200. i guess we'll see in a couple of years Assassin's Creed Revelations. Everyone was getting Assassin's Creed plats, and I felt left out. It's true, isn't it? It's scary, scary. Gaz Davis 11, number 75, Horizon Chase Turbo. Decent retro arcade racer being nostalgic vibes from OutRun and Lotus Turbo Challenge. It was a, a PS Plus game, I think, from maybe last year, maybe the year before, or whatever. It's a it's a good game. It's, it's got some length to it, though, Gaz, with those, those challenges. Once you even clear the map, There's a lot of game in there, but yeah, I agree with you. Zoot J, number 59, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. After more than 250 hours, it is finally done. Isaac Platinum, plus 100%. That's a mammoth effort, sir, congratulations. Wonderful, wonderful. James Hamblin, number 350, a milestone, 350. Congratulations, sir. Shadows of Mordor, I really enjoyed this game. Combat and the Battlefield promotion system was great. He then follows it up like a true trophy hunter. Number, you've got to get away from those milestones as quickly as you can and on to the next milestone because that's what it's all about. Just these 350, 400, 450. Don't worry about all the crap in the middle, just, just the big ones. Number three, look, I'm only joking, sir. Number 351, the wonderfully named Chickens on the Road. Number 352, Snake Boat. Probably did those as, you were, as the system was shutting down because it takes about that Long, I believe. And the last one for us today is three spooky five you former dot eight. Shit game shit time. But at least it's one down on the event. Cheated out of first place on slowest time. Podium finish still impressive though. Three years, one month. Well done, well done, sir. Now I know a couple came in at the last moment, but look I'm gonna hold those to next week. So if you didn't if you didn't get in this week, check back next week. So there you have it, listeners, and we're two episodes deep into the year. I don't think we should be patting ourselves on the back just yet. I hope the Platinum Hall is going wonderfully well. I hope the Achievo score is rising, of course. It's a big week if you're on the Xbox side. We finally see the first solely next-gen game, The Median, dropping for free on Game Pass. Of course, it's always a big week on PlayStation with so much wonderful spam mixed in with, well... Well, I don't think there's any exclusives at the moment, is there? Look, I don't know. There must be something there to play for sure. Have a wonderful week and a special thank you to those people that have reached out in the last week, be it new listeners or or recommended, you know, from somebody else. I commiserate on that. It's been lovely to hear your kind words. I'm glad that you're, at least for a time, finding some enjoyment in this show and I look forward to speaking to you more in the future. Have a wonderful week, all. I'll see you next week. push to plat podcasts are conceived written and edited by cj anderson in adobe audition video editing and filmora 9 music licensing by artist io push to plat would like to thank all our patreon supporters with special mention to our patreon producers Zador vp redbeard rick ready to Ebag, mz nitro diego and t-bird without your support this show would cease to exist If you would like to say hi, jump into the Discord in the show notes or on Twitter at Push2Plat. If you're interested in supporting the show, then jump on Patreon, the Push2Plat Patreon, where you can find more information on how to support us and allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests and topics from around the world.